0: You're listening to the ILC Radio Network, brought to you by the Iowa Lean Consortium and Zone Strategies. Here's your host, Stephen Wilson. Good afternoon. This is Steve Wilson with the ILC Radio Network, and our guest here today is uh, Becky Halstead and some of you that uh, are familiar with the ILC. Uh, Becky, it was, what, it was last year, wasn't it, not 2018? Right, 2018. 2018, that uh, that Becky was one of the keynote speakers at the ILC conference, and uh, I was impressed with her then. And she, uh, I got a couple of books—one for myself and one for my son, who had just recently gotten out of the Marines—and uh, uh, wanted to have her on uh, the program. And so today, again, my guest is, is Becky Halsted, and uh, Becky is retired Brigadier General, United States Army. Founded her own leadership consult or leader consultancy company called Steadfast Leadership following 27 years of service in the US military and her role as executive director for a leadership consultancy company. Becky specializes in inspirational speaking, nationally, internationally, uh, corporate, academic, developing leader training programs, leader coaching, consulting, and advising. And as I mentioned the book, I was gonna hold it up, but I noticed when you hold it up, it's backwards. So I won't do that, uh, but book. <laughs> on leadership called 24 seven, the first person you must lead is you. And before I get too far in, folks can uh, find more information at www.beckyhalstead.com. And one of the things I know you had, you, you had encouraged me, hey, shorten it up as much as you want. Uh, and, and to that effect, I, I could go on. And, and you mentioned something, you said, many uh, people have asked you You know what accomplishments Uh, you know, with your military career and greatest accomplishment. And I remember reading it, and this was on page eight in the book, uh, where you said, yeah, you could talk about many of your firsts, but your greatest accomplishment is leaving a legacy of leaders who choose to lead with character and competence. Right. that note, Becky, welcome to the program.
1: Thank you. Thanks for having me. I was excited about doing this, so (laughs) appreciate it.
0: Tell me, so, so why, let's start with that statement right there. Why do you respond with that as far as your, your greatest accomplishment being, again, leaving a legacy of leaders who choose to lead with character and competence?
1: Well, because I think so many people um, confuse the whole subject of leadership. You know, they think it's all about, um, they, they want to know how to lead so they can get higher, they can get more status, they can get more money. Um, and I think they forget that the whole purpose of, really uh, becoming a better leader is about those you lead and not about yourself. I mean, it has to be about yourself, like the title of the book, First Person You Must Lead is You. So it's kind of like you're talking out both sides of your mouth, but it has to be about yourself in order to make sure you hold yourself accountable, make sure you continue to learn every day, make sure you're giving the best of yourself to those that you lead. But at the end of the day, we can, ne- if, if we can never, should never lose sight of the fact that leadership is about those that we lead. So when you take it from that concept, you know, I don't see how you could come to any other conclusion, but what is the greatest result of that over yeah. one year or many years is that looking at the people that you've influenced, that you've been a, a part of their life, that you've you know touched them in some way. And if they're a better leader because of you being in their lives, then I think that's just that's like the greatest compliment. So that's why I always said to me. That was my greatest achievement, was leaving a legacy when I can look out now a- across the formation in the military and go, oh, wow, you know, we served together. You know, mm-hmm. that was one of my brigade commanders. Now they're a four-star general. Um, yeah. And I'm only a small part of that. I don't, it's not like taking credit for it. It's just, it, I call it the joy of leaving, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it brings you joy. I mean, you mentioned your son already, right, earlier. I don't know if we were recording it or not, but him being in the Marines, right? So you said that with great joy. Why? Cuz that's your son. You're proud of him. You led him. Now he's leading yourself. And so I think you can equate this very much to to parents who when they have felt that joy of seeing their child accomplish something and they know they were a part of that, right?
0: Mm-hmm. So Do you see so so again, you you do work now, you're you're in all sectors, right? right. In, about America, industries, academic, uh, all those. Are you seeing more and more discussion about this? Are, are you seeing a shift in the way that leadership is approached and trained and and um, taught, if you will? I understand, you know, leadership really it can't be taught, but I mean um, that concept and the understanding of what leadership is. Do you see that changing?
1: Right. Well, I, I do think leadership can be taught. You know, I really do. I, I think if it could not be taught. Uh, it'd be no sense to interview me. I mean, it would be it would be kind of it would be kind of depressing.
0: Well, I think the concept there is the leadership has to be it's caught, not taught. So, in other words, that example, you know. Oh, okay. Okay. Gotcha. That I'm example sorry. has to be shown and demonstrated. You, you know, someone's yeah. not gonna get the understanding of. Just...
1: I totally, totally get it. It has to really be both taught and caught, right? Yeah, gotcha. you, know, you, get, you need to learn. You need to teach, and then you need to do. So, in the military, we say "be no do." So the B is the the learning and the you know uh, learning how to be a a, a a leader and the doing is putting it into action and the know is part of the learning as well right so um, mm-hmm. back to your question which was what
0: were so the talking? yeah so are you <laughs> seeing a change in in ah. leadership yeah. and discussion about leadership
1: so so first of all in my speaking you know I'm. Uh, the crowds that I'm speaking to or the audiences that I'm speaking to are already starting to get it in that they're investing in people to come and talk to their people about leadership. So, mm-hmm. so I, I, don't, I don't know that I'm visibly seeing a shift necessarily in that particular company or that particular sector. But the fact that more and more organizations are adding this to their training versus taking it off the plate, I think is very encouraging. Um, I do a lot of work with their leader development group out of West Point. So anybody can look that there's a link to it on my website. But what's amazing about that is that, you know, we tend to, first of all, hit what they call the C-suite, right? They, you know, mm-hmm. the top leaders in a, in a company. And it's, it's fascinating to see the C-suite come in and go, wow, OK. I, some of this I already knew, but it's, it's great refresher. Some of it I hadn't thought about in a long time, and some of it we're just flat not doing it, we should be. And then they take it and they wanna cascade it into their company. Uh, That's really encouraging to me. And I I can say hands down that in the last eight years, certainly have seen that grow. Uh, To not just being the C-suite there, but going, this is valuable all the way down to the lowest level. So how can we make that happen, right? So so we go out, you know, I mean, when I think about companies like Procter & Gamble, you know, I started out talking to the C-suite in Procter & Gamble. And then the leaders at that level said, hey, this is a great message of leadership that I want to get consistently across the whole company. So next thing I know, they're sending me down, what I call to the motor pool, right? Right. They're sending me down, right, out to the, the factories. And I'm actually talking leadership now with like all three shifts. Mm-hmm. they may make toilet paper paper towels batteries doesn't matter they wanted this message of leadership and accountability and 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 being the example to go across their whole organization so yeah i i think it's i think i i personally think it is becoming um more important uh and and i don't know maybe that's because we have so much more uh exposure and um visibility to what happens when when leadership doesn't exist or who's running companies are doing it poorly
0: mm-hmm.
1: um you know and I'm not so sure we had that you know now with all the technology things like this podcast the news the,
0: right
1: you know name it you can you're getting more visibility into what good leaders look like like you know you saw the gentleman last week that surprised everybody with that paycheck right. Um uh, yeah, so I can't remember the company now. That's terrible. But so you're seeing good, and you're seeing what what doesn't look right, and so I think there's a desire for it.
0: So when you talk about going out, going down to the motor pool, uh, and I'm sure we could we could take the entire time here to talk about this. But what's the difference in your message going from that C-suite discussion down to the motor pool, the front line folks? Right.
1: So down at the motor pool level, down there in the factory, we would refer that to that in the military as direct level leadership. So at the direct level of leadership, your focus is really on values and leadership principles that hold true to, that you can grasp onto and use to lead yourself better and your team better. And there's, a, there's, there's definitely more of the how to get things done at the direct level. When you start talking to the C-suite, you're going to talk about the same leadership principles, but there's probably going to be less discussion on the how, uh, because at the strategic level, which is the C-suite, they do already have a lot of experience. Um, We we might more discuss how not to do it, right, Mm -hmm. at at the strategic level. So uh, that, to me, is the difference from direct-level leadership to indirect, tactical to strategic.
0: So uh, just a uh, reminder to folks as well. This is Steve Wilson with the ILC Radio Network. And you can find us at uh, iowalean.org. That's where the Iowa Lean Consortium is. And my guest today is Becky Halstead. And you can find more information about Becky at www.beckyhalstead.com. And we're talking about the subject of leadership. And in, in, uh, in your book, 24-7, there are five simple truths is uh, and that's really where it started out and uh or the book starts out so i would like to talk through those and the, the the first one being you have at least one person to lead and that's that's yourself uh you alluded to it a little bit when we got started but um what uh, in a nutshell is is that telling us what's that Chad?
1: well yeah um, I, again, I, I, think we forget that, uh, and I think that message is more for people the higher they go. It's like when you're young, you kind of figure that out. I got to figure out what it means to be a leader and how can I improve myself? And, you know, let me get the, get the, the improvement books and stuff like that. And then, and then what happens is we, we, uh, we achieve success and we get more responsibility and then we get kind of caught up in the status of that. And I think we forget the basics of leadership, which is I still, it, I need to be the example. I need to hold myself accountable. And the unfortunate part is those people who forget that they're not exercising it. And so when they do lose accountability and they don't hold themselves to the standard, um, it can be a very, a very, um, a very uh, deep fall. Right. And, and you can take a company down, et cetera, et cetera. So this whole first person you must lead as you, comes from that, but it also comes from, there are a lot of people who want nothing to do with leadership, like, there'd be a whole lot of people that would never buy my book, because they don't want to read a book on leadership, like, ah, you know, right, Uh, poke me me in the eye with a dull pencil, but, but people have read my book, they didn't want anything to do about reading leadership, they go, oh my gosh, you know, like, that, that really meant something to me, Um, because there are some people who feel like they were not born with the leadership gene, yeah. You know, uh, isn't it nice, Becky? Isn't it nice, Steve, that you got the gene? You know, that you're, you're good at leading. And this is where I tell people, look, it can be learned. Think about any child. When they catch you off guard because of something really good that they do or really, like, makes your skin crawl that they do, you go, uh-huh. oh, my gosh, how did they know how to do that? where did they learn that? They learn that behavior by watching other people. And we can do the same by reading and watching and observing, we can improve our leadership. So I often will talk to that low percentage, I think, but there's always a percentage of your audience that goes, why am I here? Like, this is ridiculous. Why do I have to listen about leadership. And, and my feeling is that every single person is a leader mm-hmm. because they have at least one person to lead, which is themselves. And if everybody was leading themselves, Think about what a better world this would be yeah you wouldn't have people getting behind the wheel and driving drunk and you you wouldn't have people cheating on their spouses I mean just think of it the 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 incredible good that could come if everybody led themselves first
0: and I think one there's a uh, at this this year's conference uh, drew Dudley spoke
1: yeah
0: and, uh, and he was talking about uh, yeah that... That, that everyone, right, regardless of what everyone can be, is, is a leader and everyone can take that, um, that role. Again, we look at leadership as a title or a leader as, yeah. a title as opposed to a characteristic and, and a behavior. Uh, one of the things he was saying, he asked the, the large audience, and there was about 400 individuals there, and asked them, you know, how many of you feel comfortable calling yourself a leader? Right. And very few raise their hand. Uh, First, you know, one of the elements could very well possibly have been because of their role within the organization. But also, individuals feel just if I call myself a leader, isn't that kind of arrogant? Isn't that kind of, you know, uh, bombastic or or whatever? And so there's a, a reluctance. But yet, the reality is, unless we do take a leadership role wherever we can, as you were talking about, there's, there's uh, dire, uh, dire results if, if we yeah. don't recognize that. One of the things I really love, too, about uh, in your book, you talked about, you, you described yourself as just an ordinary person, you know, right. an ordinary person where you grew up and just, you know, there, was, there wasn't anything um, in your DNA, so to speak, that screamed out, you know, from birth, she's going to be elite. Right. And, and, yeah. what's, what's, and why is that important? Why do you emphasize that?
1: Well, I, I think it's important because um, so often we push ourselves or, or we push our kids or we push our students or we push our soldiers to levels much higher than they're ready uh, or prepared for. Right. So so then what happens is, I mean, look, not everybody's going to be a general. Not everybody's gonna be president of the United States, not everybody's gonna be a CEO of a company. But it doesn't really matter what level you reach. What matters is how well you, you mean how uh, well you do in terms of your character and competence at each level. And mm-hmm. it struck me once when I was counseling one of my um, officers when he says, he says to me, uh, he says, ma'am, I I will not be a, a full or true man if I don't make the rank of lieutenant colonel mm-hmm. and so well we need to talk about that right there because you're letting a rank or a yeah. position of responsibility to define you as a man that's not what defines us what defines us is what we do with what we have you know mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you know I mean we, we and we know this sometimes when somebody dies at a young age and, and the impact maybe that that individual has made on the world already exceeds someone who lives to be a hundred Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's, it's, all, it's all about that, to me, quality, you know, not quantity. You know, I'm sure you've heard, heard that poem, the hyphen, you yeah. know, it's not about the beginning year or the end year or the name, it is the hyphen. How did you live your life? So, um, and I think, you know, when you were mentioning that about, you know, Drew Dudley and, and uh, Kim Nelson told me, you know, what a great speaker he was and how much she enjoyed that. And, uh, you know, and I think he's really smart about having people ask that question because, because being uncomfortable to call yourself a leader, I totally get because it doesn't seem like a very humble thing, right. you know. Uh, and, and so it's unfortunate that we've we we associate I am a leader with I am egotistical, you know, or I am I am all that in a bag of chips, and I'm more important than you. Right. And I and I I like to say, you know, the higher you go, the more responsibility you have. And uh, the the more humble you should become, you yeah. know. Yeah. And it's it, it and it isn't about status. So I think more of us, you know, the Drew Dudleys and Becky Halsons of the world, need to get out there and talk about how, you know, you shouldn't be ashamed to call yourself a leader. You should be ashamed not to call yourself a leader, right? Like, and I think we're we're letting people cop out on responsibility and character, uh, mm-hmm. and, and we aren't going to be too happy with what we wake up with.
0: Yeah, and if. <laughs> that leaders being a leader is all about us yeah yeah you should be ashamed if you're calling yourself a leader but if you if you get it that leadership is about those you are leading absolutely who are there them then yeah with uh uh, with all humility by all means uh,
1: i just feel like uh too many people make themselves the center of it all you know and I, I'm leery of that. Like mentoring is such an important responsibility of leading, right?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I had, I had folks, I had senior people who would say, you know, they they would refer to themselves as my mentor. Now I didn't refer to them as my mentor, but they referred to them as my, right? Yeah. And uh, but the ones who did that were the ones who they like to tell you exactly what to do, and yeah. if you didn't take their advice then they cut you off. Then they'd be like, well, you know, don't waste my time. And I was always amazed by that because I feel like not one of us in the world truly knows another person so well that they can actually tell them exactly what to do. Yeah. Even my parents don't do that with me. My parents are wise. My parents give me great guidance, but I, I, rarely can I think of a time when my parents say, you know, absolutely, you should not do blank or blank. Yeah. They might sit down and go, here's the positives, here's the negatives, I would weigh into it, but it was always my choice, my decision. Yeah. And so the whole time I grew up in the military, I made sure that, you know, I, I was going to be a mentor that guided and that gave options and tried to help in that way, but at the end of the day, knew that I couldn't possibly know everything that was going on in that person's life to direct them to a very specific, you know, um, conclusion or choice. Uh, and I think, again, I think egotistical leaders do it all the time because mm-hmm. they know so much.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I think a lot of the, I know I have people that I would refer to as mentors that they would probably go, no, I'm, I'm not a mentor of his. Because it it's it has not been that official. It's just yeah. they've allowed me to see their life, personal, private, professional. You know, and I've yep. been able to watch them and learn from them. And they 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 yeah they don't they probably yeah. don't even know that they're a mentor of mine. Uh, but, yeah. yeah
1: yeah yeah
0: that's so, true.
1: I always say a mentor is someone that I want to grow up to be like.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let's move on to number two, and you mentioned. Uh, Choice, again, choosing to be a leader is another uh, key theme that I continue to pick out. And, and number two here, leadership is your choice. Yeah. Tell us, uh, again, we talk a little bit about uh, DNA in there, but what's the message you're trying to get across with that point? That simple truth.
1: Well, again, I, I think you're either choosing to lead yourself or not lead yourself, right? And then and then you're also sometimes choosing to either lead or not lead your people, right? Um, and most of the times it isn't choosing to lead, it's choosing not to lead. It's like, oh, I don't, I don't want to make that decision. That's too hard. Or I don't want to tell that person something. That's too, that's too hard. I'll let somebody else do it. Um, and so, yeah, I, I really, and I, and I really do believe it is a choice. I mean, I, I recognize that a lot of people think, oh, the military, how hard can it be to lead? You know, you just order people around. I'm like, really? Do you think how what well do you think that's working for us? You know? <laughs> uh, you know, and then I in the book I talk about going to uh, I went to a high school. It was all girl high school and a Catholic high school and they're like oh no the nuns the nuns can tell <laughs> us exactly what you know what to do. But you may think that that there's some sort of control like that, but there really isn't at the end of the day you're choosing to either follow what the nuns say or uh, well, not to do what the nuns say. So, yeah. so i I just think that I think it's important for people to understand that it is a choice, you know it's a free choice, and um you know i i got I think that's great in reality
0: right and and uh, again it's it's that in every day having to make that yes that to to to, uh, again, not just say, oh, geez, my title is such, so I'm a leader, but no, I have to actively, what am I going to do today to demonstrate leadership?
1: Yeah, yeah it's, a, it's a daily oh, discipline, me. for sure. It isn't, oh, I've arrived, you know, I'm the CEO of this company, and so now I've arrived, so I don't have to make that choice every day. But you're making that choice every day and multiple times in a day, right? I mean, you know, because there are always opportunities to choose not to do Something. Uh, you know, I, I I like to think about um uh boy, you, I'm just having trouble time with names today. Rosa Parks. You mm-hmm. know, I like to uh, quite often I'll I'll talk about Rosa Parks in in uh, different uh, keynotes because I think about her as a, such an ordinary woman rode wrote the bus every day to work. Um, you know, and then just one day. Uh, she, she gets told, you know, that she can't sit in the front of the bus and just go to the back of the bus. And she just, she decides in that moment of time that that's wrong. So she makes the choice to stand up to that because it's not right.
0: Yeah.
1: And she didn't do it because she, she had no idea she was going to be an American icon for the rest of her life and for the rest <laughs> of our history, you know, um, she just did it because it was the right thing to do. And what I tell people is how many of us potentially have missed, missed our Rosa Parks moment in time because we had a choice and we chose the wrong thing because mm-hmm. it wasn't comfortable or it was inconvenient or, you know, I know I'll put up with it today. I mean, I can think of a lot of times when I put up with some things that potentially I probably should have just figured out a way to put my foot down and say, you know what, this is wrong. Yeah. Um, and And, you know, and. We probably all could think of the, those times, right? So that's why I think this concept of it's a choice. It's a choice every day. It's a choice in every situation. How, how are you going to choose? What are you going to do?
0: Do you think that most, again, not, not a, a, a most least, least question here, but do you think that uh, thinking about back about the leaders that, that you know, um, personally, historically, do you think that most leaders set out to do great things like like Rosa Parks she didn't set out that day to yeah. do what she did but she reacted appropriately or she acted appropriately in the moment do you think that most of the leaders that the true leaders that we've had set out that or just simply were making that daily choice uh just living their life and and leadership in, in a way was was somewhat thrust upon them
1: um I think that our greatest leaders recognize that they have to stay awake at the wheel, you know, that they have to pay attention, that they need to stay focused, that, that leading their lives needs to be deliberate, that they can't, they can't just go along and hope things work out. And I, and I think, you know, I, I, I like to talk about leadership being deliberate because if you're not paying attention you don't even know you missed your moment in time. You don't right. even know that you missed a choice. Right. And so I do think that our best leaders are are constantly thinking about that. You know, that they're that they're that they're weighing the moment, they're weighing their comments, that they are staying alert, you know. Uh, and I think some people reach a point where they're tired, you know. Um, and so don't pay as much of attention to it, which is unfortunate because I think they give up potentially many years of wisdom. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and 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 that's unfortunate what can I say? I just think it is. Uh I I think people get tired though. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And uh, you know, and that's that that's part of the part of being human and aging and everything else. But you know, I kind of hope I'm a Francis Hesselbein, you know. (laughs) Uh, my grandmother was to be a hundred and even in the nursing home she was still really positively influencing a lot of people with her, uh-huh. her words interactions right and i'm like if i can't still be that way when i'm a hundred then i'd rather die at 60.
0: yeah but i
1: i do think a lot of people they get cynical they they don't care as much it's the train left the station it's too hard Um, And I disagree with that. I think we can still have a very positive influence in our lanes. And so I guess the way I just answer is that I think the best leaders never stop trying to make a difference. Thank you
0: for listening, and we hope you've enjoyed our show. Be sure to tune in next time for part two of Steve's interview with Becky Halstead. For more information, please check us out online at iowalean.org and zstrat.com.